Okay. Hello, and welcome to Stasis Pod, the Transformers animated podcast. I'm Rob. I'm Jen. And I'm David. And today we have begun uh, the third and final season of Transformers Animated with the three-part season premiere, Transwarped, Part 1. <gasps> dun dun it's pretty exciting, and but at the same time, I'm like, man, we're so close to the end. Yes, and I believe yeah. in, Already. in the U.S., these originally aired as, like, a one big movie. Uh, yes. Maybe? And I think they were produced as such. Yeah, I, I can I see that. For once, listen to the commentary track. Okay. For an episode, <gasps> and, and they were mentioning that originally the first three episodes were written as two. But then Cartoon Network said, make it bigger, make it more adult. So they stretched it out to three and made it sort of a movie thingy. Uh-huh. Okay. Make it more adult? Like, yeah. I mean, there is some hella dark stuff. Yes. But... Yeah. Well, they, they mentioned at the time that, that Cartoon Network was also making Clone Wars and um, there was another new uh, season of Ben 10 that was more serious. Like maybe Young Justice would be around that time. Uh, no, no, that would have come no, a, a okay. couple years later. But, yeah, I would say that, uh, that was definitely a different attitude than they tend to be playing, uh, yeah, sure. Teen Titans Go 26 hours a day. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And a cat just opened the door, I think. What the hell? Cat! Cat. Today we have a special guest, David's cat. Musical guest, what? David's cat. Oh, that sounds good. There was good no name. The door was pushed open, but I did not see a cat. I don't know what the hell just happened. Meow. Uh, anyway, um, it's widescreen, finally. Yes. Well, admittedly, I, I finally got the season set because all I had was the first two seasons oh, yes. on their individual. Yes, they evolved. So I had to get the whole series, and it's widescreen. Yes. Yep, I continue. Filmed. I continue to be watching these on Daily Motion, uh, where they have uploaded them from the hubs airing of them, which was also mm. widescreen. So, good stuff. Good stuff being in widescreen. Yes, this first aired March fourteenth, two thousand nine. Uh, this is how far off from the almost almost an entire year after like a full 9 months after the last episode so that was a long wait yeah oh, we're we're into the obama administration at this point yeah wait starting in march is really <gasps> weird yay so we don't have to have political commentary about the bush administration this yes, time nobody is being the decider there are no missions that are accomplished good good <sighs> and uh, this was written by a triumvirate of uh, regular transformers animated writers uh series showrunner marty eisenberg uh, Michael Ryan, who previously wrote both Headmaster episodes and Auto Boot Camp. Ah, uh, that would be why they make sure that Headmaster shows up. Yes. And uh, maybe Marcia he's Griffin. like, maybe he was like the only one who was any good at writing that character. <laughs> so they just were like, hey, can you can you come write him in a little bit here? And he was like, sure, here's some lines. Here's some lines about being a noob. Michael, you are a elite hacksaw. We need you to write this. Maybe, maybe they were. <laughs> well, in, in the commentary track, they mentioned that like each story segment was written by somebody else. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
like the 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 ratchet flashback stuff I think was the added on part written later and the headmaster stuff was written I think by the headmaster guy I guess I mean presumably he wrote the headmaster part yeah Transformers Space with a bunch of characters we've never seen before. Yay. Well, um, one we I, only one we've seen before. Ironhide. Yes, we have seen Ironhide. Who? We, we, he was a uh, colossusing it up in auto. Boot yes, camp. and he does that again here. And I, I feel like this kind of sets the tone in a lot of ways for for season three as a whole. Because I feel like season three was when they really went like all out on the cameos and. You know, just random character designs. They were like, you know what, Derek, just just design everyone. <laughs> yep. Well, he probably already designed half of them anyway. And it's like, ah, oh, let's put. Yeah, them that's, that's fair. Okay, so we got we got five Autobots, Team Athenia fighting Team a Team of Five Decepticons, Team Char. Uh-huh. So we'll we'll go down the Autobots first. We got Rodimus Prime. So voiced- wait. Should we be calling Team Athenia, uh, <laughs> what was it they called it in Headmasters? Oh, uh, Team Sydney. Sydney. Yeah, <laughs> Team Sydney. And I, I don't remember what they called Char either, but it's got some stupid name. Hopefully, Team Sydney will be here soon. <laughs> anyway, sorry, I had to sidetrack because yes. Headmasters. So, uh, yeah, Rodimus Prime, he is, uh, very Derek Wyatt looking, but also just very Generation 1 Hot Rod. And he's so Generation 1 Hot Rod that he is voiced by Judd Nelson. Yay! And at one point he does uh, he does call them Decepticreeps. Creeps. Yes. <laughs> Which I, I do appreciate that, like, you know, Judd Nelson being older in real life now, he sounds older th- here than he did in uh, in the movie, and so it it fits that this is you know Rodimus. He's in a leadership role. He is presumably older, more mature Hot Rod, and so it fits that he's you know the same voice actor, but not just doing an identical acting job. Apparently, he does a fair bit of job. voice work these days. He's on a bunch of Ben Ten. Huh. huh? I didn't know that. I know he was at a botcon. And uh, I will also mention here that uh, but, he was uh, he was the bad guy in the Shack movie Steel. Oh right! <laughs> Look, where the he he realized he finally realized that the Transformers fandom is a lot more interesting than the Breakfast Club fandom, <laughs> and so it'd be a lot cooler to to come hang out with us. I mean, they have much smaller conventions. Uh, yeah. Those uh, those suddenly yeah. Susan and conventions are wild though, and and they're usually just the Saturday morning <laughs> for 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 detention. I mean, it, it's really been pretty pretty quiet there since Ali Sheedy stopped coming in 1997. It's just him. Aww. <laughs> she was in Short Circuit. I mostly know her from uh, War Games. Ah, yes, that too, that too. So he's Rodimus. He's got a uh, he's got like a high tech bow and arrow. 
I'm pretty sure this is the first time Rodimus had, like, a bow and arrow. Has he had them in subsequent uh, things? Subsequent toys? He has had them in later things, yeah. I okay. mean, for one thing, my uh, my my third party more than meets the eye, Rodimus comes with. Oh, a bow. right, right, right. <laughs> but also some like you know actual things. <laughs> some, occasionally, he has canonically had one. Right. But but yes. Uh, we've got Brawn, who is kind of just Generation One Brawn, only bigger. Yes, and voiced by Corey Burton, just as he uh, just as he was in Generation One. Oh. Although apparently he's just grunting, Yay. so we don't get like the full-on brown voice, which is kind of just generic Corey. Burton. Yeah, there, there's yeah, not a lot of added. There's not a lot of added voicing in, in like these ten whole new characters, but there's more than I remembered. Yeah. And his his deal is that he's... like I thought only like Judd Nelson and one of the Decepticons. Yeah, he's he's them. small, he's super strong. Like half of them. Uh, we've but they're not all Generation One guys because we also have Hotshot. <laughs> Yay! Yay! Yum jam. <laughs> and it's it's sort of a hotshot that it's an amalgam of like all versions of hotshot, yes. but mostly like uh, Armada with Energon layered on top of it. And apparently he got far enough in the design process that there was actually a prototype toy for him. Yeah. What? <laughs> so it's on the wiki. They they did make uh, Rodimus Prime, and he's pretty cool. Huh. Yes, they did Rodimus. Uh, he ended up being a Toys R Us exclusive, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, along with RC and the Cybertronian Ratchet. Uh, the wiki informs us that originally Rodimus was going to be the jerk character of the team. Uh, and this means his team is mm. roughly 60% scrapped ideas. <laughs> <laughs> Characters who were going to be on the main team, except then they they were decided against. Alas. And Hotshot has. I like Rodimus. Hotshot has like flamethrowers, and uh, the team also has a lady. Uh, Red Alert. <gasps> yes. <gasps> Yay! Ooh, they woo, decided woo. to gender swap Red Alert. Yes. Woo woo woo. <laughs> well, in fact, she's kind of based on Armada Red Alert. Yeah, I can I can see that. Yeah, like the uh, colors are a little there, and she's got the... Uh, down to the one hand being a... She's got thing. the hand thing. Yeah. She... I, I guess the defining characteristic... Uh, two defining characteristics of G1 Red Alert are being a Sideswipe Redeco and being a paranoid lunatic, so I guess she's not really either of those as far no. as we can tell. And uh, I don't know if there's an animated Inferno, but being a lady, she could not be super gay for him. Uh, yeah, that's true. I mean, she could be really straightforward. That's true. Or if okay, there's a lady, uh... Not as if good Maybe thing. Inferno's a lady. Who knows? <gasps> oh my god! <laughs> yeah, um... Giving me ideas. Wasn't... Wasn't Red Alert originally gonna be in Ratchet's place? I think so, yes. Yeah, apparently she was gonna be supposed to be part of the core cast, and then Ratchet was in the movie, so... Oh. Yeah. Man, stupid yeah. movie. And, uh, she, uh, as are pretty much, as, this is pretty much every incidental woman on this show, she is, of course, voiced by Tara Strong. <laughs> and yeah, meanwhile, well. uh, Hotshot, who I did not mention, that's Bumper Robinson. Or no, no, it's Bill Fagerback. Doing kind of a not Bill Fagerback voice. Uh huh. <sighs> Doing oh. a different voice? And their oh my god. Are Team Char. 
And uh, they are led by their lady, Stryka. She is so swole in this. <laughs> oh my god, it's great. Even oh, like yes. for a Decepticon, she is super swole. She is thick with two C's. Speaking of voicing female oh, characters, it's Taylor uh, Strong again. Huh? I also I just looked it up and uh in the Headmaster's dub chart it's called Jolo. <laughs> team Look out, it's Team Jolo. <laughs> team Jolo. Yes. Well, <laughs> yes, you have to say it with your mouth covered because I, I guess Stryka has a face. Yeah, Stryka. So I guess I, you have to do like a lady voice in a Russian accent and also like put a Dixie cup over your mouth. <laughs> That's a lot of work. Speaking of a lot of work, she is apparently Lugnut's consort. Uh-huh. Okay. Listen, if, when these two, when their shore leaves synchronize, terrible, evil lovemaking <laughs> takes place. Uh, yeah, and, um, that's, that's kind of terrifying. Strike is voiced by Tyra Strong, and uh, Bump, was Bumper Robinson Blackout? Uh, yes, Bumper Rob. Yes, because uh, yeah, we've got Blackout, who is based on the Transformers movie Blackout, the big helicopter guy from the beginning. And he actually shows up by doing, you know, the thing from the right. first movie. His EMP stomp thingy. Yeah, he does his little EMP stomp. I mean, Blackout got to do stuff in the first one. He got to, uh, like, blow yeah. up that base at the beginning, and then he was uh, shot to death in the dick <laughs> by, um, uh, Josh Duhamel? Duhamel, yeah. Probably. Right. Oh, but, I, and, I and that was Duhamel sort of or like, Hartnett. That was one of those big, especially before so many of the movies came along, but that was one of those big, like, I guess iconic scenes of of him doing that, and then he and then Stryka informs him that they needed the the space bridge working, and he's like sorry, <laughs> and he does it again and reverses it, and the space bridge comes back on. <laughs> and he's also he's kind of like he's a weirdly like movie style guy in the Transformers animated style. Yeah. Yeah. Well, his, his head is more insectile, sort of, but... Yes. And, in fact, he later showed a, uh, like, a virtual redeco of this guy. Later showed up in a, I think, a convention comic as Bugly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but... I mean, if you look, especially if you look at his model sheet on the wiki, the way his wings come down, he does have a very, like, cicada look to him. Yes, and he did get a toy. You just can't get it. Only in Japan. Yeah. Yes. Ah, it's infuriating. Yep. So, uh, hope you picked him up at BotCon when he was readily available for only $50. And, uh, yeah, I, I regret passing that up, but. He's big in Japan. He's big in Japan. Uh, I mean, he's I'll... big and he's in Japan. Exactly. Just like, uh, boy, he should have been voiced by Tom Waits. <laughs> yes. Ah, oh, that would be great. I don't think they had that kind of budget. No, I mean, they got Judd Nelson. That's fair, but that, I mean, <laughs> yeah, that kind no. of probably was their, their extra voice actor budget. Yeah, they're not, they're not, they're not, uh, we're not looking at Bram Stoker's Dracula money. Yeah. Or Mystery Men money. <laughs> no. No. Uh, especially, uh, I mean, I guess they probably paid so much for him that they couldn't then get other female voice actors. Yes. <laughs> they couldn't get anyone to be other than Tara Strong. 
Yep. Those cats who season working for free jerks. Is is Judd Nelson the only one of this group who is not part of the normal voice cast? I believe so, yes. I think so. Well, there well, you go. Um, Phil Lamar is oil slick, yeah. but yeah, he's that's sort true. of a recurring he's guest jazz. character. Plus, yeah. he's yeah. also Omega Supreme in these episodes. So he's not quite part of the regular cast, but he's not pulling down Judd Nelson money. Yeah. Although he was in Pulp Fiction. <laughs> Ooh. Anyway, Oil Slick is also there. The rare case of a an animated character who was designed as a toy first and then showed up on the show later. Yeah. Yay. He's cool. He's a really nice toy. Yes. You should pick him up. I don't think he's that expensive. He kind of looks like uh, Lockdown crossed with Mr. Freeze. Yes. <laughs> yes. He's got a big dome head, which is always cool. Yeah. And his deal is that he is an evil chemist. <laughs> and how often do you see that? I mean, apart from Mixmaster, like the original Mixmaster, and not, you know, animated Mixmaster. No. So yeah, he's uh, he he ends up uh, infecting Rodimus with cosmic rust. Yay! Everybody's favorite that. AIDS metaphor from the uh, Generation One cartoon. It wasn't an AIDS metaphor. They asked just... that they like one of the writers said it was an AIDS metaphor. The guy who wrote that episode. Really? Yes. Really? I thought it was just an excuse to have like a Perceptor episode because it was totally a Perceptor episode, which is why I like it because I love G One Perceptor because he was this wiki. precious, adorable science nerd. I am looking. I mean, I, I, I. If that's what they say, you know, they're they're welcome to say it, but. I never really got that vibe from it. No. It seems That might have been the author's intent, but that's not how it came out. It came out as an adorable... Oh God, I love G1 Perceptor so much. He's such a precious science baby. Yes, writer Paul Davids mentioned that the idea of a plague spreading amongst the Transformers was inspired by part, in part by the AIDS crisis of the 1980s. Ah, uh, sure. Start uh, sure. start working on that cosmic rest, I guess. Yeah. So I would just like to note, because I'm a huge nerd, I recall that the uh, cure for cosmic rust is a substance that Perceptor concocted called Stop. They had to scrape it off the Statue of Liberty. Yep. It's a big battle at the Statue of Liberty. Not as good as the one at the beginning of G.I. Joe the movie. No. No, there, there, there are no fearful cries to be heard. No, alas, but, but still, there's aerial bots, if I recall right, yes. and uh, also perceptors. <laughs> uh, we've also got Cyclonus. Yes. Who was just kind of doing his. He doesn't actually have any lines. Apparently, his bio says that he's like a nihilist who is ambiguously from the future. <laughs> oh. I love it when people are ambiguously from the future. Okay. He's like Cable. I, too, am ambiguously from the future. <laughs> That's why I've got this one glowing eye. Yes. Oops. You know, these things happen. Hmm. Yes. The, uh, let's see, Transformers, the, the one of the AllSpark Almanac strongly suggests that Cyclonus is from a dark future of the animated universe in which Megatron has become Galvatron. And that Cyclonus is the future version of the st- of these of Skywarp, the Starscream clone. Uh huh. Oh, of course that that's the almanac thinking canon confusing by making it what we thought it was originally. Well, it does only imply it. continuity. 
And it doesn't matter any anyway, because we don't really see these guys ever again. Yeah. <sighs> but we've got one last member, so, and that is um, they easily the, the most book? obscure of any of these characters. And that is Spitor. <laughs> yes! Who is this great, like, his, his, I guess, vehicle mode is this great, like, mecha frog battletech looking thing? I mean, that's that's really what it immediately made me think of was Battletech. Yes. And it he's based on a Beast Wars toy that did not make the show. Yes. Huh. But who was great? I mean, he was great because he was a tiny frog guy whose, de- whose gimmick was that his neck popped up as a, yes. as a his poisonous tongue. <laughs> and there was way too much just doing that in the version of him that was in... Uh, the, the anime. Oh, right. Uh, Stupid anime. Diver, I think? Yes, Where Diver. Where he was green, as opposed to a sweet-looking poison arrow frog like uh, Spidor here, who is a very fetching purple and orange. Yes. Except instead of a uh, a singular tongue, he has like a whole mouthful of Cthulhu tentacles that he uh, grabs you with, ingests them, and then spits them out coated in orange goo, <laughs> yeah. which then explodes. Which does seem like a pretty good uh, offensive you know, combat capability. Oh, he's very offensive. He's a, he's a, he's a veritable <laughs> one-man legend of the Overfiend. <laughs> so yeah, there's a, there's a fight. The Decepticons basically win this one. Uh, Hotshot gets his leg blown off. Uh Red Alert has to amputate, and she's not very nice about it. No. She's just like, welp. Oh, very clinical, mechanical. If you will, so to speak. And yes, Rodimus gets uh, totally cosmic restified. Poor guy. Cosmic rest is no fun. Anyway, this, this is this condensed action war fight scene that is... Four of the five best minutes of animation in all of animated. It is very nice. Yeah. Oh, I love it so much. And none of it is any of the regular characters. Nope. No. Sadly. No, some of it is Erotimus, so yes. I'm I'm in favor yes. of it. I'm I'm happy there is Erotimus. I'm just here for the Beast Wars references. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just here for the Judd Nelson. So apparently this sort of thing is happening yeah, this sort of thing is happening all over the galaxy so we can imagine you know just all sorts of obscure transformers fighting each other oh, for these man. space bridges. Uh, I want to write some fanfic. Begun these space bridge wars. Have. I mean I guess the rule are you have to pick like a Viacon and a Beast Wars guy. Uh, and nope, I'm and I'm writing guy. the aerial bots, just animated aerial bots. <laughs> Did we ever get like at least a model in the almanac for animated aerial bots. I think we got a silver bolt. There has to be. Uh, I need to to find a convention. Derek Wyatt's going to be at. Okay, so no, I can... silver bolt <laughs> so major I can who was uh, bonded to Delta Supreme. Shows up in the Allspark Almanac too, and we just get a head and shoulder shot of him. All right, oh, yeah, I gotta bother Derek. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, they they take this, but uh, so Stryka, you know, they they've they've disabled uh, Team Athenia. They radio into to uh, Cybertron, and of course Shockwave is there, and he's all, "Hey, nope, nobody gets to the planet until Megatron gets here." 
He's got to get here first. Them's the rules. That's how it goes. But he is super late. Awkward! Uh, because as we saw last season, he was just kind of randomly transwarped into the middle of nowhere. Space. With Starscream's head. Yes. But they, they're, they're, they've teamed up now. And indeed, Starscream is trying to remove uh, Megatron's stasis cuffs with his teeth. <laughs> Which, uh, that's what happens when you forget the safe word. Yeah. Or, you know, the keys, at least. (laughs) Yes. But instead, uh, it turns out he has a very convenient sonic mouth blaster that even he didn't realize he had that just shoots off the cuffs. I, I greatly appreciate that Starscream's weapon here is his mouth. Yes. Because it's Starscream. Yeah, finally, his name is finally perfectly appropriate. And also he's, you know, the Loki of, of Transformers. <laughs> what, does does that mean his, like, full name is Staris, Staragon Boltagar? Scream it, damn it. Maybe. Staragar Screamagon. Staragar Screamagon. Marvel's Inhumans on ABC this fall. Don't bother watching it. It's, Buy Black Bolt the comic book. It's really good. The show's okay. Really? Everything I've heard moments. about it is... Really? I've heard, like, Karnak is okay, is and Lockjaw is there. Oh, is that on already? It gets, it gets better after the pilot, and I would like to see some more Triton. I didn't know it was actually on yet, so I guess that shows There's what level yeah. of paying attention I'm at. And every time, uh, because I watched the entirety of Hell on Wheels, every time Black Bolt shows up, I just yell, Bohannon! <laughs> <laughs> Does Triton actually look like a fish man? I mean, he's like a green guy with a fin on his head. Uh, I, I guess I kind of By that, you mean a fish man. Well, yes. I mean, he's not as fishy as, like, current uh, Triton in the comics. He has, like a, like, a very large fin and kind of like a digitigrade feet. Oh, Whereas yeah. this, he's kind of just a... He's like 60s Triton, who's just kind of a green dude with a very subtle fin on his head. Oh, uh, yeah, no, that, that's just a ridge. That's not a fin. That No, I don't approve of that. Is that like an official... Is there like an official distinction between a ridge and a fin here? I mean, Gorgon does have hooves. That's something. Yeah, but don't they look like shit? I mean, I, don't. I remember seeing one picture and it did not look good. I mean, they just look like a dude with hooves. And it's not like movie quality, but it's it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Anyway, so they Megatron is finally out of the cuffs, but it's not like he can actually do anything with his hands because they are in the middle of nowhere. But good news, here comes Omega Supreme. Yay! It's looming. It was just in the last episode was just also randomly transwarped off to nowhere, sacrificing himself so that the entire state of Michigan would not be sucked into oblivion. Oof, poor Omega. Well, at least he's... Well, he's still in one piece. He wasn't crunched down into a little itty-bitty ball. Yes, I... Transwarped black hole. Uh, and it hey, wasn't if... worth it. It wasn't worth it, Omega. Well, he's, uh... And, uh, oh yeah, right, there were some Autobots on this show. <laughs> we finally get back to them, and, uh, our, our heroine Sari is having some, a bit of an existential crisis, having just learned that she is a robot, question mark. <laughs> Poor kid. 
So yeah, it's growing circuitry where there was never circuitry before. Her voice developing an ele- electronic buzz. <laughs> Poor kid. And then I, uh, I'm not even going to attempt to explain the power cycle. <laughs> Ask your mother, kids. <laughs> not get involved in this one. She doesn't have a mom. No, and she kind of doesn't have a dad either, because Professor Sumdak starts to explain uh, how exactly he came into possession of a robot child. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I assume that Sari's just assuming that he built her, like uh, like Vicky on Small Wonder. <laughs> I mean, he, she does seem to be assuming that, given the, the mean things she's saying to him about her, him not being her father, more like her assembler. Yeah, that's uh, that's messed up. Well, it makes sense for you what know. she knows. And, I mean, he's a guy who builds robots for a living, so if yeah. if you're his daughter and you find out that you're a robot, I mean, you know, it's a, it's a pretty pretty easy dots to connect, but... And you're probably pretty well designed. I mean, come on. He does good work. But it turns out it's a little more complicated. Just a few years ago, he just kind of found her in his lab as a protoform, and he touched it. Uh, this zapped a white streak into his hair... Which is, I guess, it acquiring his DNA, like what a Beast Wars stasis pod, uh, podcast name title drop. <laughs> and then it became a girl. Became a kid. Yes. Doesn't, they don't really clarify, like, at what age she was, whether mm. she's just always been approximately eight years old. Right, like, has she but, been, like, eight years old for, like, 20 years? I mean, no wonder she's homeschooled. Oh. Like that's a hard thing to have to explain to the Department of Education. I mean, you—he really should have taken some time, used his, you know, money and influence, and got her like some fake ID. You would think that would be pretty easy to come by there. Yes, you know, in Detroit. Yes. Have we lost a David? Uh oh, David. Oh dear. Okay. Well, we will uh, just hold on here. Hopefully, he will be back. All right. I'm playing with my third-party Rodimus now. Messing with that uh, new sea spray I just got. He is, Ooh, I've seen he him. Is, I've been thinking about that. I decided I I got paid this week, and I'm you know very excited about having income mm-hmm. again. Uh, and I was all like, oh, I'm gonna go by Target and pick up that Perceptor that they've had sitting around, and now he's gone. And you can either you can either He's use his gone. like chest thing as a gun, or just make him look animated, uh, accurate, fat in robot mode. Ooh, though that reminds me, I was gonna look up whether like Amazon or anyone had him fairly cheap. I did pre-order the uh, the Titans Return RC mm. the oh. other day from oh, Toys right. R Us, so I have that on its way. I just want to know when that uh, Grotusk is going to become more readily available. Yes! I uh, need my monster bots. Yes. Man, Amazon's got them for like $22. That's yeah. too much for a deluxe. Yeah. I mean, at least in the States. Yes. Not- Ooh, though somebody is selling Twinferno for 10 bucks with Prime. Now, is that... I mean, as an Amazon Is that Prime. Twinferno the... Uh, the Titans Return guy or Twinferno, the uh, Robots in Disguise guy? The okay. Titans Return one. 
That's pretty good. I think I'm going to have to order that. His his, uh, dragon mode is not great, but the robot mode is quite nice. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he he looks good. And then I can just, you know, make a point to get all the monster bots who I've always kind of liked and felt they deserve to be in I'm more just, I'm just, It's just unfortunate that uh, Repugnus got a raw deal. He's tiny. Oh, that's right. He's one of the little right, bitty ones. That's a deluxe. Nice. Yeah. Oh, that's not even fair. Okay. Yeah, I need to keep an eye on things like that oh, popping up cheap know. on Amazon because I got Amazon Prime. <laughs> Yay. Uh, Amazon Prime, also now the name of a uh, Transformer. Is it? I think it was... Yes, it was in Transformers vs. G.I. Joe. Ha! That's, uh... Was that the, uh... The Tom... Yes. It was, uh, like, uh... Megatron's trying to access the Matrix, and a bunch of, like, old, uh... Primes are taunting him, so it's, like, Sentinel Prime and Regulus Prime. I think it might also be new. Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime. And I have to assume that Amazon Prime is a lady. Yeah, that that would make sense. That would make a lot of sense. It's, it's showing results for Titan's Return Perceptor in Toys and Games. Search in Home and Kitchen instead. I think we may have... Like, we, okay. Uh, he's returned. There's a Hello. David. Hello! I'm back, I think. Hi, David. I... While you were gone, I ordered myself a $10 Twinferno from Amazon. Oh! Uh, ooh, $10. Oh. Yeah. Eh, I don't know if I actually nine forty two. Wait, is All it right. the animated or the Here. headmaster? It's the headmaster. Oh, oh, I already got that one. The animated one is quite neat. I've only seen it in Canada though. Hmm. He is a jet who inexplicably has two dragon heads on him. Well, I mean that's not that much weirder than like Slug Slinger. Who's a jet that just has two cockpits I mean, for I mean, they're just, those are cockpits, though, as opposed to dragon heads. Hmm. I, I mean, guess, he has a cockpit but... and he has dragon heads. <laughs> well, that's just cool. I mean, it is. Oh, man, that Slick Slinger looks really good. Okay, so I see uh, you're back. Shall we... Can we okay, keep yeah. going, uh, or do we need to restart? No, keep going. It, it should be fine. It looks like a... Uh, um, what do you call it? Ten casters still recording fine. Okay. I was just weird for a bit. Uh, where were we? Sorry, we were... is a time-traveling protoform? Right, she's a pro... Yeah, she... We don't know how long she's been there, or if she started as, like, a child or as a baby. Like, has she always Oops. been eight? Uh, I mean, I mean she, she has a birthday. She, she did have a birthday. Well, these are... Did she? Oh, that's right, because that was her, her party where she was just being a yeah, weirdo. Yeah, so does she just have the same birthday every year and... Some deck just never tells her how old she is? I mean, honestly, of, of all reasons to homeschool, I would say she's pretty, she's a pretty good <laughs> yes. one, is when you have no proof of your child being born, and also they are probably not entirely yes. And also you're probably rich enough that, like, the police are just going to look the other way. Like, oh yeah, yeah. So, I mean, maybe that's why he's such good buddies with family. Yeah, hey, so, hey uh, you ever wonder how uh, Isaac Sumdak has a uh, has a kid? Like, he was never married, and... I've never seen him with a woman. Think he just like bought her, or made her. <laughs> she, she could be adopted, but yeah, I do sort of feel like you know when the head, like the head engineer of this robotics company, suddenly has a kid out of nowhere. I think everybody's gonna have a pretty good idea where she came from. 
she came from R and D. Yeah, like I said, it's it's just, she's just a small wonder. <laughs> I I would like to note that uh, about a year or so ago, I came across that show on one of those like weird little broadcast secondary networks, uh-huh. and. It's uh, it does not hold up well at all. It's I mean, I don't think good. it was good even then. It's just no duh. I thought it was good because I was like eight years old and stupid. <laughs> but it is not good. Then again, I probably don't want to go back and watch Alf. So. Well, then I just want to know: Can Sari lift a couch? That's a good question. And spin it over her head. I'm going to say yes. Yeah, I'm going to say that she probably can. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, she's not. There's also a mention of. Uh, of how she, how the Autobots thought maybe she came from a Cabbage Patch, which I think is copyright infringement. <laughs> <laughs> Unless, wait, are those Hasbro? Uh, Pro- now, I probably. Don't think so. Are they those no, characters think... from Cleveland? Yeah, I think they're they're Mattels at this point. Yeah. Well, they are apparently wicked cool toys. Aha! But wow, sure. these things have uh, these th- these are the this is the toy industry's town bicycle. <laughs> okay, so they started out with Colico. Colec- Colico? Colico, yeah. Colico, maybe? Colico, yeah. They made the video games? Yeah, the same guy. They made the video games and Cabbage Patch Kids. Then I guess they went oh. under. Uh, they went to Hasbro from 88 to 94. Then from Mattel okay. from 94 to 2003. Then for a year, they were just Toys R Us. Then Play Along, which I have never heard of. Apparently, they make they what? also made Celebrity oh. Dolls. Yeah, I've oh. probably seen them in the context of ugly celebrity dolls. Oh, and they also made, uh, uh, they all had the Care Bears license. Ah. And then Jack's Pacific, who I mostly know from making wrestling ra- stuff. Yeah. And uh, Mortal Kombat toys? And I think they're the guys who now make those, like, gigantic hollow plastic figures. Oh, do they make those? Like I the mean... ones that are the size of a small child? <laughs> uh, oh, oh yeah! I maybe that's where my Godzilla's from. Oh, mm. he's in another room. He's a big boy. <laughs> I, I do like the callback to Prime thinking about how sorry told her the facts of life, and me wondering, wait, what did she tell him now? If this is all, I'm even more confused. And by he's that still super awkward thing. about it too. He's like, that doesn't fit in with what I have been told I mean, told he, I mean about. Sumdak's right in the car. <laughs> about... <laughs> Professor Sumdak, I apologize. I was I was under the impression that you had made it with a woman. <laughs> I now see I'm mistaken. That that would be the most... And I apologize. <laughs> the most animated Optimus Prime way of putting that, Anyway, so they, they finally get to Sumdak Tower, and it uh, turns out that uh, Resident Dick Bags, Porter C. Powell, and Henry Masterson, a.k.a. the Headmaster, are still hanging out there. Just, you know, standing around. And, you know, Porter C. Powell is all, hey, you know, he's, he's trying to be all buddy-buddy with, uh, with Sumdak, despite having forcefully evicted his daughter to live with a bunch of ro- robo-bachelors. <laughs> it's really not a good look. Yeah, and the headmaster is just a total ass. Because of course he is. That's all he knows how to be. And he also wants his headmaster back because the Decepticons stole it in his in the uh, the last episode. 
Yes. Just there is a, a, I do appreciate how this episode is very much like immediately after the previous stuff. It's, it's very much just directly continuing. Yes. And so some deck is just all Cary Grant gif get out. <laughs> yes. And this is also about the same time that uh, Sari, we find out that Sari has like robot hands. Yep, because she gets all angry. Yeah, she she gets powers very... up and and they get all uh, like Alex Milne. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, smash. And so they they just these two jerks just will not leave. And Powell is all, hey, like you're you're probably not even some dag's daughter anyway, you weird freak kid. And then she shoots him with energy from her robot hands. <laughs> Which is maybe not helping. Yeah, she charges up her Buster King. Maybe not helping the whole like weird robot kid case thing, but you no. Know. <laughs> I mean, now I'm sure we don't really see much of Portishu Powell subsequently, but I'm sure he just thinks, okay, so he just built her. Yeah, I knew it. <laughs> I knew it. Well, I'm sh- I'm sure there's tradition. There's got to be legal precedent with Doctor Light and his son Rock and um. Uh, oh, what the hell Astro Boy's dad's name uh, was? Fisher Stevens and Johnny um, Five. Nick Cage. <laughs> yeah, the most what? important president. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm hoping that, I don't remember the entirety of this three-parter, but I'm hoping that at some point Sari runs into Los Locos. <laughs> well, Los Lobos. No. no, no, Los Lobos is the band. Is it, Lo- is it Lobos? Los Locos, uh, oh, right. they are the gang that will... Uh, kick your balls into yes, outer they will, space. They will kick your ass, they will kick your face, and they will kick your balls into outer space. Yes. Patrolling the mean streets of Toronto. <laughs> <laughs> those, were, those were dark days. The streets were ruled by partially by Los Locos and partially by Michael McKean. <laughs> Anyway, so, uh, Sari doesn't want to stay with Sumdak anymore. She's going back to the Autobots base with her fellow machines. She's such a jerk about it. I mean, I understand why, but she's such a jerk about it. Yeah, I mean, Sumdak really should have handled this better, but... I don't know when exactly you're supposed to tell somebody that they're actually a robot. Yeah, that's, that's a complicated level of thing. Like, either they already already always know it, or... You never tell them? It's hard to explain, robot puberty. I mean, they're going to find out eventually, as we saw here. Eventually yeah. they're going to get, like, a nasty cut, and they're going to go all Terminator on you. <laughs> it's going to be very awkward, and it's going to be some hard conversations to have there. <laughs> Your brain is, is a learning computer. <laughs> <sighs> Anyway, so Sari, or Ratchet takes a look at Sari and turns out she's only partly a robe. She is much like uh, the Silverhawks, partly metal and partly real. <laughs> Damn it, you got to that joke first. That's because right. metal is implicitly not real. That's right. And specifically, it is Cybertronian parts, which makes Sari wonder if, like, uh, Sumdak built her with leftover Megatron parts? Which, yeah, she is about as pleased about as you might think. It's like, yes. ew, poor kid. And this is kind of the last we hear about where she's actually from. 
Like, we never found, find out how that protoform got there. Yeah, no. Even the commentary mentions they had an idea where she was going to be from. They just never included it, and they're never going to tell us. <laughs> <laughs> Welp. <laughs> it's it's a mystery to all. So while this while this is going on, Prowl decides that he is going to investigate himself, and Ratchet is going to have a flashback. Poor guy. So this takes place uh, right after the flashback, um, or right after the flashbacks from Thrill of the Hunt, where he got RC back from uh, uh, from being from rescuing her from lockdown, but minus her entire memories. So again, we get more cameos. Yes, we've got uh, we've got Ultra Magnus, uh, still Ultra Magnusing. He's a little younger, and we've got uh, a highbrow. Yeah, I had to look up who that was supposed to be. I mean, he doesn't really look that much like Highbrow, uh, like the like Generation One Highbrow. No, he is. He's kind of like got like a British beefeater hat, yeah, and a giant mustache, and a prominent gap between his teeth. He is. Uh, he's. He looks like a British actor Terry Thomas, who played like a, a Why? upper. Why? Who knows. Uh, he played an upper-class twit in a ton of British <laughs> movies. Uh, the one that our audience probably most likely seen is maybe It's a Mad, 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 Mad World, or uh, The Abominable Dr. Fives, where he's the guy who gets all the blood drained out of him. <laughs> I knew it would be something my dad liked. Is it is it A Mad, 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 Mad World, or Dr. Fives? Yes. Uh, it's a Mad, 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 okay. Mad World. See, apparently... The point is... Things old people like. Apparently, he was the he was the, the he was the former head of Cybertron Intelligence, uh, a job that is now occupied by uh, locked by Longarm Prime. So uh, you figure that maybe Highbrow took a permanent vacation. <laughs> <laughs> yes, one one could assume that. Uh, so he's dead. Yes, and uh, we also see uh, Mainframe here. Yes, who looks basically like the Action Master. I mean, it helps because he doesn't have to transform into anything because he was an Action Master and he didn't transform into anything. Yes. So he's just, you know, him. Yeah, so Mainframe and Highbrow are working on RC, who has, like, her her whole head opened up. Poor thing. Uh, Because they are trying to find... Oh, yeah, surprise body horror. Yes. Suddenly, body horror. Uh, Because up. she, the data that she erased was crucial to Project Omega. Dun dun dun. And uh, these guys could really use a uh, these guys could really use Chrome Dome. It's true. You need, need a memory surgeon. Yeah. So we finally uh, zip over. So uh, Ratchet, he's kind of got some access to uh, to Project Omega thanks to his encounter with RC. So he's got to. Uh, so he gets a first look. He gets a first-hand look at what Project Omega, which is unsurprisingly Omega Supreme. <laughs> dun dun dun! And it's time for more cameos. Yes, because he's being worked on by uh, Wheeljack, who is uh, based on that guy from MythBusters. He's a, it's apparently a coincidence, but he does have that facial hair. Really? Okay. Yes. I'll. It was a coincidence. I. Don't Apparently, yes. That is what the wiki says. 
Huh. All right. I'll believe them. <laughs> uh, we've all got Perceptor in here, who has a, like, big weird head. And we also see... Uh, is this we see Alpha Trion? No. No, I, I will note for, uh, for more than meets the eye fans that uh, the design for Quark was based on uh, a little bit on animated Perceptor. Ah. Like, I'm pretty sure that was confirmed by Alex Milne. I like it. Okay, so yeah, they, uh... We, we flash back to that because that is going to be important later in the episode. Yes. And then uh, Bumblebee and Bulkhead have to do something as well, so they go back to this busted-up mine to, uh find out what exactly, you know, if we can find anything here that will let us contact Cybertron and tell them that, hey, uh, Longarm Prime is actually super evil. <laughs> because that is going to be very important. Yes. Well, he doesn't know who it is yet, but he has audio that will help them find who it is. Oh, no, that's that's Blur. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, the Autobots... The Autobots yeah, know darn well it's Longarm. Yeah, Longarm was all, hey, remember my, remember your old pal Longarm? Well, a surprise, I'm actually, I'm actually Shockwave. <laughs> Alright. But speaking of Blur, uh, back in space, Blur is still trapped in a big blob of goo with uh, Thundercracker and Skywarp. And they are not much help. But thankfully, soon as Blur gets an idea, uh, how to get them out of this, uh, Thundercracker immediately takes credit for it, but they do, and then does it. <laughs> yes. And uh, Blur scoffs... And then we get the other minute of really good animation. Yes. Yes. And Blur scoffs at your laws of physics, because he's going to build up some speed, and then he's going to <laughs> run back to Cybertron. Yes. <laughs> that is a thing he does. He is like running just through space across the rings of a uh, of a planet. Oh yeah, it's the rings it's like a Saturn like planet. It's like that like two seconds is the best animation and background is in this entire show. Oh, so beautiful. It's very nice. And it's a reference to the uh, intro from Transformers Generation 1 season 3 where Blur is doing that same thing. Ooh. Oh yeah! Sweet. How about that? It is very silly, but the show is just silly enough that it kind of works. Yes. Yes. I mean, I gave up on this show science somewhere around. Yeah. It's not working that way. <laughs> it's a good yeah. show. So science is not great. He taps into the speed force, whatever. Yes, the speed force. Yes. He taps into the speed. Oh, man, he gets back to Cybertron. He's like an old man. Oh, no. <laughs> That's why John Machida sounds older. <laughs> there you go. You get a no prize. Get me get me a Micro Machines Lincoln Continental. <laughs> I'm going to drive it very slowly. The blinker on. No. Ah, no. <laughs> yeah, so believe it or not, he's walking on air. <laughs> Why? Why do you do these things to us? <laughs> I hate you and myself. Ah, well, that would explain it. Greatest Iaconian hero? <laughs> yes. All right, so 
back on Earth, Bumblebee and Bulkhead are still looking through this rubbish. Uh, Bumblebee discovers a plasma dynamic thruster, which kind of just looks like a dehumidifier. Yeah, it does. <laughs> I think Bulkhead's making all this stuff up. I mean, it all seems to work the way he thinks it is, though. So he actually is a space bridge genius. It comes up uh, later in the episode, that's too. Fair. That's fair. All right. Yeah. I mean, he might just be making this stuff up because he's, he is coming up with all this stuff, out, making it up out of whole cloth. Like, oh, yeah, that thing, I invented it. I'm calling it this because uh, I get to do that. I could have just called it the Bulkhead-O-Matic. Anyway, Bumblebee touches this, and as is is frequently the case with things Bumblebee touches, he should not touch it, and it just (laughs) teleports him into oblivion. (laughs) Oops. And so Bulkhead... You know, maybe if you're going to be, like, sifting through salvage from a place where things are, like, unstable in such a profound manner... Maybe you should, like, be careful, you know? Yeah. Yeah, maybe you should have brought the ninja instead. Well, he's off doing his own thing. They probably can't even find him. Mm. <laughs> That's true. So. He's pretending to be a piece of ceiling. Yep. Because before long, uh, the headmaster shows up. He's got his headmaster unit, and he's uh, taken Starscream's headless body. Bulkhead does try the flying elbow here, but it doesn't quite work. <laughs> so, back at uh, back at Sumdak Tower, Prowl is indeed doing all sorts of sneaky stuff. So, How can he be that sneaky when he's so large? He's a ninja. Uh, that's I mean, some... I mean he's, that's... A, he's very small for a Cybertronian. It's like if Shaq was a ninja. <laughs> I guess. Oh my god, it, like in the video game Shaq Fu. <laughs> no. And if Shaq why? were actually made of metal, like in the movie Steel. <laughs> no. Why do these things happen? And maybe to he's us? sneaking around with his genie powers, like in the movie Kazam. No. <laughs> how how stealthy can he be when he had to exit a scene by riding an escalator out of frame? Oh man, and then maybe he <laughs> I can't come up with anything for blue chips and I'm out of Shaq movies. <laughs> I mean, I assume it's just because it only he's only hiding from from some deck, so it doesn't matter if random passers-by see him, you know, being large and... Yeah. Oh, hey, one of the Autobots. How's it going? Yeah. As long as some deck doesn't see him. I already, oh, already got that one's autograph. I just need bulkheads. <laughs> Yeah, so he's uh, he's, he's scanning all sorts of stuff, and Ratchet is trying to examine Sari, and she does not want to be examined. She's all, you know, just back off, old man. She's so mean to him. I mean, he's not really used to working on, like, people. Yeah, like, I, I mean, don't know how what her organic small. components exactly are. I don't know if you can just, like, open her up like the, like the hood of a Camaro. <laughs> Oh man! I mean, she does kind of do some of that a little later, but you yes, know, maybe but I guess she doesn't quite magic. know that yet. I mean, he might just like flip up a panel and there are like a bunch of organs under there. Yeah. Like, whoa! Uh, I'm gonna have to—I don't know—weld this heart. I don't know. 
poor guy. <laughs> but yeah, he, he, well, he wants to, that's the thing is he wants to find out. He wants to know what is in there. And she's like, could you not? Yeah. Could you maybe not do this thing? So anyway. I just want to be an angry, sulky child. Yep. Of ambiguous age, which is going to get even more ambiguous next episode. Yes. Anyway, so before he can uh, decide uh, to just, uh, I don't know, jack her up and check under her metaphorical hood, uh, <laughs> uh, Prime radios in. He says that, you know, we can't find Bumblebee or Bulkhead, and maybe you should go, because we also can't find Prowl. <laughs> Everyone has disappeared. So it's left to Optimus Prime to play Parent Trap. Aww. I mean, they have been taking care of her for an entire season. Yeah, uh, so. Oh, no, I, sorry, not not Parent. Parent Trap. Optimus Prime <laughs> is going to have to do the work of two Lindsay Lohans. Oh. Uh, or, if you prefer, two Haley Millses. Yes, that is preferable. I mean, his his parent trap here is a pretty apparent trap, but it still works. Yes. He's definitely in that category of characters on here who are really, really bad at lying. Yes, like, he, like he's talking to Sari. He opens up, like, a third channel, like a party line. He's all, Sari, you're very upset. We should go to BurgerBot. I know that you always enjoy going <laughs> to BurgerBot. <laughs> I sure hope we don't see anybody else, like your alleged father, at BurgerBot. <laughs> you know, the one at no, Woodward and something. Yes. Which actual Detroit streets. Yay! What's actually on that corner, though? Is it a BurgerBot? I mean, probably not. I mean, it's... It should be. I'm going to go open Detroit, one. Detroit, so it's probably a place that sells, like, Coney Island dogs. <laughs> oh, Coney dogs. <laughs> I was going to say Matt, but you know. <laughs> and also, uh, Prime refers to food as human fuel here, which I appreciate. It's pretty adorable. <laughs> yes, he's like, let's go get some human fuel. <laughs> and so, indeed, he's this does work. Uh, sorry, somehow does not see through this hilariously obvious ruse. And uh, Isaac Sumdak is indeed there with a combo platter that kind of made me hungry. <laughs> Those burgers were really thick, man. I mean, they are assembled That's... by the finest robots. That that was good looking. Oh, he probably gets a discount. I mean, I yeah, I assume he, he like sold them those robots, so he might have like an override code. Ooh. Like some Sumdak Sumdak override code A twelve five. <laughs> I request extra pickles, free of charge. <laughs> it's pretty fancy. It's like ordering off the secret menu at In-N-Out. Yes. Except the, except the only things under the cups are quotes from their weird robot Bible. <laughs> that sounds terrifying and distressing. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, somebody else has decided to drop in. And that is the headmaster. Dun dun. Because they, he they has sweep, he had uh, bugged their phones. Yes. You know their landlines, I guess. Yes, and it is now T O T, total ownage time. 
<sighs> Damn it. Damn it, but, him. But before, we do get a pretty good Optimus Prime quote here. Uh, sorry, I don't pretend to fully understand humans, but from what I've seen, being a father is more than a simple organic bond. It has much more to do with the spark, with the heart. So it's okay to be adopted, kids. Yes. It doesn't make them less your parents. Or to have a stepdad who presumably did not build you in a lab. Yes. It's okay. Aww. Unfortunately, what is not okay is being murdered by the headmaster. Yes. And that is what it looks like is about to happen as this episode ends. <gasps> what? A cliffhanger. That's right. That's right, noobs. <sighs> oh, headmaster. Maybe he. Maybe that writer was the only one on the staff who could write like that. I I guess, and not particularly well. I mean, I kind of enjoy the headmaster, but and I, this might have seemed less dated then. Well, yes. And I think, as discussed earlier, now he would just be calling everybody a cuck. <laughs> yes. Oh. Now it would just be unfortunate. <laughs> Back then, it was hilariously annoying. Now it would just be deeply unfortunate. Man, yes. people suck. Yep. And so's the headmaster, but we're going to have to wait until next week to see him get beaten up. <laughs> Good. I always <laughs> like seeing him get beaten up. Total ownage, cucks. Uh. Yeah. So, yes, that is the episode. That is the first part of Transwarped. And, uh, of course, we'll be back next week with the second part of Transwarped. Uh, until then, Transwarped you... Part 2. The Transwarpening. <laughs> I think that's Electric when we figure. find out that the Autobots are actually... Wait, no. That... I guess it's a reverse Highlander 2, so we find out they're actually from Earth, and they're just a bunch of Scottish guys. Dun-dun-dun! <laughs> Here we are, born to be King Atlases. We are the literal princes of the universe. <laughs> I'm Prince of Space. Oh. Weapons, are, weapons are useless against Prince of Space. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so yes, that is uh, that is that the episode. You can find us all over the internet. It, uh, until we return, we are on Facebook, we are Tumblr, and we are on Twitter. And we are on, uh, we are hosted by iaconunderground.net, uh, where we have a Patreon set up to help us with hosting fees and other related expenses. Uh, that is at patreon.com slash iaconunderground. And we, our episode for October is coming up. So please let us know. We're, uh, we're looking, we're taking a real close look at, uh, the real Ghostbusters, the entirety of which is on Netflix. So if you uh, if you have any particular particularly spookifying episode you'd like us to watch, please let us know. Yes, we've had some good suggestions that we're keeping in mind, but we are open to more. That's right. So until next time, I'm Rob. I'm Jen. And I'm David. Let's go! 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 Let's go!
cut it off, or do we want to just keep going? Uh, just keep going. Okay. Yeah, you can cut it off in post. Yes, this this yeah. is where the episode breaks. La di da di da episode break. Uh, All right, an hour my and seventeen minutes in. Yeah, this is a long one, but this one I think will be shorter because we're just going to be talking about a couple of gruesome deaths and yeah. uh, robot puberty. <laughs> Dark shit. Yeah, this this one gets weird. Yeah. yeah. Cartoon Network wanted dark. Let's get them dark. That's right. Yeah. Get some adult stuff going on. All right. So shall we start it up? Yeah. Yep.